0: And welcome to The Connected Singer with Michael Hill and me, Julie Thompson. We're both singers and vocal coaches who love researching and learning new ways to keep in tip-top shape vocally and mentally.
1: We know that being a performer is a hugely rewarding, but also demanding career for mind, body and soul. And we want to help you find the balance you need to keep going on your musical journey. Each week we'll be speaking to performers, teachers and expert practitioners in a range of fields, from psychology
0: to sports science to recce, who will share their knowledge and experiences to provide you with a toolkit of ways to keep well, beat performance anxiety,
1: avoid burnout and get the most enjoyment out of the pursuit we all love, singing, singing,
0: Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Connected Singer podcast. We've just had one of the most insightful on a different level interviews with our guest Ella Mesmer. She's from the UK, but uh, is residing in Portugal. So that in itself is a, a very interesting story. Yeah, it was so, it was quite a beautiful interview. Actually, I felt we were taken on a journey into Ella's world, mm. into her cultural background, her heritage and... Uh, an insight into the reasons why she makes the art that she makes. And it was really interesting to hear it from a dancer's perspective and how she explored her voice through other artists and other singers, but uh, how she embodied that. I felt it was different from other singers because she's a dancer, so she she uses movement a lot. There were lots of references to movement and energy through the body and how that can uh, influence the voice
1: yeah and i think i hope everyone really uh finds this as as inspiring as we did and i think it's important that as as singers we kind of explore what we can learn from from a variety of disciplines so different yeah. creative arts but also just different different people and different perspectives it, it can be really enriching and and that's what i think uh Ella has given us is just completely different perspectives on how to think about, about the voice and about singing, you know, coming at it from, from outside of, of what can sometimes, I suppose, be a bubble, you know, that we're in because we think about how the voice works and vocal (laughs) technique. And, you know, all of these very, uh, sometimes it can, it can get in a good way, but it can get quite sort of nerdy and detailed (laughs) and, and
0: Scientific. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's it. Yeah, just to take a step back and and see it through someone else's eyes is really uh, just it gives you a, a fresh take on things and. And yeah, I, I hope that's what everyone, what everyone gets from this. It's really what a fascinating person.
0: Absolutely, she talks about expression an awful lot. And as you say, normally we tend to get a little bit technical sometimes, and which is obviously important uh, to sustain sort of good vocal health. But um, she comes from a very different angle and um, talks about how she uses the voice to express. Um, herself not just in an artistic way but in a uh empowering way yeah i think the listeners will get a lot out of that because that's very important for for any artist isn't it it's a part of the the journey as a singer or performer that mm. needs to be explored in order to uh to sus- also to sustain a healthy mind and body connection <laughs> in oh. Oh. and career
1: and and meeting someone that Joyous in so many ways, and inspiring, and and motivating. It kind of what's been really nice, I think, with with the interviews that we've been lucky to have with people is so at least it's made me come away and think, what is singing really? Why do we do it? And you know,
0: yeah,
1: but it, yeah. it's also made me think this is it's so important that we do, yeah, whatever the goal is, yeah, you know, it has so many benefits in life, and yeah. You know, every time we we have one of these conversations and we get all excited about it and come away, and think, oh, yeah. <laughs> it sort of reminds you that it's it's something that really has value and is worthwhile. Whether you are a you know yeah. shower singer or a big you know stage performer, just the most important thing is do it. Enjoy the the unique voice that you have, and you know that's what I came away with from from Ella was just yeah, yeah. just. Keep opening your dog and singing. (laughs) Uh,
0: You remember to have the fun and remember why you're doing it, um, I think is really important. And I think what I also felt through Ella's interview was to, to remember that you can bring lots of creative disciplines together and not overthink it. Anything's possible. If you want to try it, do it. You know, it's everything's connected anyway. We're we're all human beings, and we can all move. <laughs> we can all talk and speak, and so why can't we all sing? <laughs> you know, and uh, we all have opinions. We all have backgrounds. We all have history. We all have had ex- experiences, and why not use? Yeah. If you want to use art to express that. It was very inspiring for me to say, well, actually, there are other parts of, of my uh, sort of creative expression that I'd like to explore. So I think uh, hopefully that will inspire, as as you say, those um, bedroom, shower, <laughs> stage <laughs> singers to, uh, to yeah, maybe even branch out and, uh, and find another part of their expression to, <laughs> to explore. The Connected Singers we start, a little update about our new Facebook group. Yes, we also have one. (laughs) Here, you'll be able to connect with us, with each other, discuss themes that we've covered in the podcast, plus you'll be able to find more information and resources from and about our featured guests.
1: We love hearing from different perspectives, different ideas that that you all have. So get in touch, let us know what's sparking your creative ideas what's getting your creative juices flowing
0: absolutely we will also be posting updates on our upcoming guests so if you have any questions you would like to ask them please reach out to us there and we will include your questions during the session and even give you a mention if you so wish we are so keen to support all you singers out there as we know as much fun as a singer's life is it can be quite a challenging journey and sometimes a really lonely one So if you're looking for some extra support or depth on singer's themes, pop over to our Facebook group and say hello. We'd love to meet you and connect you to the people or answers you are looking for. So today we are so lucky to have an incredibly inspiring creator and beautiful human being with us who has not only extensive and varied performance experience, but is an impressive businesswoman, mentor, and coach. A fully trained dancer and yogi, she has traveled the world as a performing artist, choreographed festivals, created her own dance productions, one being the most recent I'm a woman lockdown project and offered yoga retreats in exotic locations, one definitely for my own bucket list. <laughs> On top of this, she's the published author of Journal to Joy and the director of the prestige award-winning company Business Yoga. But her amazing accomplishments don't stop there. She has been passionately expanding her Path for Series mentoring program that helps artists and professionals embody creativity and abundance through workshop and workshops and retreats. She is also a fellow podcaster, you hosting the podcast Power Up, and in her spare time, whatever she has left, <laughs> she enjoys poetry, nature, languages, personal development, and has a deep interest in social justice. So without further ado, we welcome the wonderful and sunny Ella Mesmer. Ooh, thank you. I love that introduction. Thanks so
1: much,
0: Julie. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ella. very well, thank you. How are you doing? <laughs>
1: So I, I think we are, we're going straight into the, the deep end, uh, if, we, if we may, because I saw this brilliant quote on your website that I just have to read. It's, it's really, uh, really resonated with me. Is that we are inspired to make work that undoes limiting beliefs and celebrates cultural and social identity to empower and inspire our audiences. Mm. So... Uh, You know, it's just, it's a wonderful manifesto, really, you know, for your work. Thank you. So what limiting beliefs have you managed to undo through your own creative process? And and I guess, what have you seen happen in others through this type of exploration?
2: Sure. So it kind of came from um, my time as a dancer, as a touring artist, and just feeling like I was coming to the studio with a lot of stuff and observing that in others and realizing that it kind of felt like it wasn't a space where we could have that stuff, but we did need to tell the stories of our stuff and almost like put our souls on the, on the dance floor. But then there wasn't this kind of holding space for the the spillage that that might result in and that we had to kind of like be okay and get on with it and just be a great dancer. And I started to think that just doesn't feel right for me. You know, you're, it's like you're, you're really going into the depths and like pulling out the most painful experiences, but then there's no kind of holding space for that. And that also, I think there is this possibility that when we are working with our bodies in this way, we have this potential to understand ourselves on quite a deep level and that this can be transformational, but that you have to put the right kind of, um, Recipe and ingredients, I suppose, to to allow that to happen, and so so yeah, that was where it came from. And the first piece that I made myself was called Evil, which was love backwards, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and um, you know, it really was a kind of like a a, almost like a, a therapeutic experience of releasing a lot of stuff for me. And I think from that place, I just started to explore more and more of well, how do I also hold the space that you know, that can be an emotional experience. And I wanted to, to work with individuals rather than that kind of very, because many of the companies that I danced for before it felt like it wasn't about you as an individual. It was kind of like, you know, get your leg here and that execution kind of a stuff rather than yeah. like, who is that individual? And so that was where it, it kind of began to grow from was I want to tell the stories of those humans. And I want to, when I go and see my artists, I want to see them, Telling their story, and that you're really invited into that story, and it's them with permission. it's not because the choreographer told them to to spew everything up in that space <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah yeah, that's really fascinating actually because this is something that we're trying to bring out um in the uh, in leeds conservatoire mm-hmm. where one of my uh, favorite where places where, <laughs> whoop, whoop. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, we we work with the singers to try and encourage that and to bring that out of them because it does create um, not just a more authentic experience for the um, for the audience, but also for themselves and gives them confidence. Mm. Um, but we quite often lack. We do get that. We do, of course, we get nerves, but it's it's having the confidence to actually believe in what it is we're trying to narrate or our message. Um, because that's usually why we get up on stage, isn't right. it? To express ourselves, yeah. right? That's where it all came from. And and as singers, you know, we've always had a love for like you've had a love for dancing and movement. We've had a love for the voice and for singing, but we still we still get up there, yeah. To, to have a message, to have a narrative, to to connect with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's, very, right. it's very difficult to do that if you're being told how to do that mm-hmm. because that then doesn't come from you, does yeah. it? It becomes prepared, head,
2: head, don't you? Instead of it being in yeah. your heart, you kind of get very heady about everything.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes very static and then it's not as expressive. Um, and then the audience sense that. Mm. So uh, I get confused messages. Absolutely. Yeah fantastic. And I've always said,
2: I like watching a human on stage. I'm not so bothered about, you know, the leg, how high the leg goes and all that kind of thing. I like seeing that like heart space on a stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same with the voice, actually. It's really interesting to see the parallels to hear them because um, we don't necessarily want to hear the highest note Mm. or the lowest note or the fastest run, or we want to, we want to hear what's coming from happy. Yeah, I've
2: just started training in in singing as well. I'm loving my journey and um, that's really great to hear.
0: Yay! Um, Yes, (laughs) there's so many parallels. Well, how about you tell us a little bit about that journey? Sure,
2: uh, sure. So I've been kind of working with three artists, actually. I've been working with Marv Radio, who's a beatboxer. Yes. a vocalist. I've been working with um, Christella Latras, who's based in Leeds and is an amazing singer and a woman from London called Lauren Lucille. And it just was this kind of, it's something I've always wanted to do. But in lockdown, I think we had that time with ourselves of like, what do I want? And especially, you know, in a in a quite small space where I couldn't necessarily really get down and dance it was like actually I'm going to find these other ways of expression and so I started it as an exchange with Marv and then ended up doing these these singing lessons um with Lauren and it's just been the most wonderful journey and actually I have to also um big up another Sabio Janiak. it's also been really great to work with Sabio um, so yeah, so I sing every week. I have my drills every morning, and um, yeah, it's even it's crept its way into my newest piece, which is called Papillon. We're using we're using voice, but we're also using kind of sounds and creating the soundscape with our own voices.
0: Oh wow! So will there be lyrics, or is it, will it just be sounds that both?
2: Um, so yeah, there's been this whole kind of text. So it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? I I love the creative process because this was a piece around imposter syndrome and kind of some of those things, but, um, the text has ended up being about Oya, who is this wonderful goddess from, um, or from the Yoruba Nigerian kind of traditions. And yeah, the text has ended up being about her. And for me, she kind of represents the throat chakra and this, like this warrior who is kind of fierce and, um, you know, she just goes for it, and she's all about change and, and social kind of activism and so on. So, it really felt like she was the right character, and yeah, and we've ended up singing sections from her um, her songs and so on. And it's just been a beautiful journey. Well,
0: wow. could you, um, yeah, could you just because you're you, you're referencing so many amazing things, could you perhaps explain a little bit about where this comes from, sure. where these influences sure. come from, and your background yeah, and, sure. and how you yeah, sure. Career. So yeah.
2: So um, my background. So I'm mixed heritage. Um, we think Caribbean and English, but it's a long, it's a long story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, Another podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah,
2: when I was, I think around, well, I discovered Brazilian dance really quite young. Like I used to love. It was like my secret as a teenager, age 14, I would secretly listen to Brazilian music knowing that I didn't, you know, I didn't quite belong in terms of that kind of, I grew up in Bristol and I just knew it wasn't quite the done thing, but that was what I loved. And then um, yeah. I actually went to Brazil. I went quite a few times, I've been many times to Brazil, but the first kind of big trip that I did, I actually went on this samba exchange program with a circus randomly in Salvador. It's called oh. Circo Picolino. And there was like a priest who, who was part of the, the project who created these um, these shows inspired by the Orishas who are gods and goddesses. And each one has like an element, has a color, has a personality type and so on. And he told me that I was Oshum, which is really funny because Oshum is yellow. It's my absolute favorite color in the world. <laughs> I just became fascinated. So it kind of started there. And, you know, really has been kind of one of my life works, has been studying the Orishas and they tend to feature in all my work, actually. Um, and so Oya, also called Yansa, is this goddess of the hurricane. Her colours are in more kind of um, like a deep red or sometimes a purple colour and she represents the hurricanes and she is, um, so often they'll be connected to animals. So Her animals are the butterfly and the buffalo, which are quite like opposites, Right.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so um, so Brazilian dance has become a really, really important part of my life actually and kind of more than just a, you know, more than just a dance practice, it's become quite a way of life for me. Yeah, so so grateful to that priest way back then. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's amazing, isn't it? Just sort of one experience can completely Mm. sort of uh, influence your whole journey, your creative journey. Um, So it's, yeah, I think uh, it's really... Yeah. It's, I think just if you're somebody also that is being an inspiration or you're creating things just to remember that, mm. that, you know, you don't always have to have this feeling of doing huge things. You know, you just one small thing that you've created can have a huge impact Absolutely. on other people's lives. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. Fascinating. So, um, so yeah. How is, how different has it been exploring your voice to your dance? So are there, huge differences or what the similarities or what, what have you learned? Sure. What can they learn from each other? Just expanding on that a little bit more. So I think they're, they're they're so connected.
2: Um, It feels like it's like two pieces of the, you know, this kind of puzzle of, of life almost. Um, but I think the thing that was really most interesting for me was this idea of this goddess voice, Mm -hmm. but I realized that I wasn't speaking from, you know, I've, I've definitely had kind of issues with imposter syndrome and not belonging belief my whole life. And I realized that I was kind of speaking almost like from this little girl place. And there was this, and this was, this kind of came out of a lot of work with Fabio Zaniak that I, I suddenly just dropped down into like my woman voice. And I realized that like, this is me speaking from whole, whereas like, I don't even know if I can do it anymore, my, my old voice, but it was like, I was speaking from a place of not really believing in who I was.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was just yeah, this yeah.
2: fascinating moment of like the, the journey of singing and the journey of listening within helped me to connect that and be like the you know all of these kind of pieces that I was learning in terms of dance and and dancing from whole and and not bringing all of that stuff all of our you know and and Julie knows I work a lot with alchemy with this kind of concept of our whole self and coming back home to ourselves but that actually you can use it in physicality and you can use it in in terms of sound the sounds that we make as well yeah fascinating
1: how have you you what is the process of finding, you know, like you say, your goddess voice? Because it's, I find it really, really fascinating because the more I think that, you know, I think I can speak for Julie as well, that we dig into the never-ending world of, of voice and creativity, the, the more the unquantifiable things become mm-hmm. more appealing, you know, because you can, you can sort of read a research paper, and you can look at evidence and say, "Okay, this is this is what I'm. I may or may not believe, but so much of the the kind of magic is in this uh, these things that we can't really put our fingers on."
2: Yeah, and absolutely, I agree. I think it's the intuition. It's it's that getting back in touch with, and like alchemy, the kind of principles are as above, so below. So it's like what is our, I call it our goddess state or our genius self and what is our, our shadows or our ego. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's about bringing that to light that these kind of hidden sides of ourselves, like, you know, there was so much shame when I was touring as a dancer and trying to present, like I didn't have all of these kind of beliefs going on and all of this stuff, all of this imposter syndrome in the studio. Mm -hmm. And when I just voiced it, rather than hiding it and, and kind of did work around understanding what I was bringing to the space, then actually what I could do was refocus my attention on my genius self or my goddess state. And I think that's the magic is, is doing that work and looking at those two things. And then the intuition for me comes in that once we've started to do that work, it's like the, the the center stage is more the intuition speaking and that creativity able to speak rather than that kind of dialogue of negative
0: self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fascinating, actually, because as you say, if you can really lock into your intuition whilst you're performing on stage then there is no room really for for worrying about what's going on in front of you or what people's opinions are or your your sabotaging beliefs or um yeah that that uh, feeling of being an imposter or or not being confident enough to do it Mm. so I think it's really fascinating to find ways do you have any tools to to connect to that part of you yes absolutely um And I I was
2: thinking about this in terms of like, first of all, I really think the negative self-talk is, is super important. So, you know, say you've got a really complicated choreography. It's quite hard to manage that inside your mind at the same time as going like, oh, but you're not good enough. And you're not, you know, I mean, all of those other words. So I think that's a huge part for me is, is working on that. Um, I did a wonderful retreat a few years back with Muji. And it still will just be with me forever. It was 10 days of silence. And I think silence is connected to voice as well. I think there's this, like we need those times of rest and resting your voice and, you know, having that space because then you can kind of really manifest and connect to your voice in a, in a much more powerful way. But so meditation for me, hundred percent, you know, I meditate every single morning. Um, yeah. This is why I love yoga. And I think again, like for me, voice and body are connected and I would love to hear your opinions on this, but I feel like when I'm more flexible, when i like, if I, you know how they say that the um, the jaw and the pelvis are connected. So you need to kind of have this like supple jaw and you need to have this supple pelvis for the two to work together. I just think this is all fascinating. And like in terms of my movement classes, we will often use voice or I will invite people. Many people are really shy, you know I mean? They're like, I don't do voice at the same time as moving. <laughs> But um, but to just try and get people in touch with that kind of idea of vibration, and that yeah. idea idea of kind of vibrating your voice as well as vibrating your body, I think is is really fascinating. And then, as you know, Julie, like my coaching is, you know, we dive into. Um, so one lovely process is to to understand what are your choices, to make your choices, and to kind of dedicate yourself to them every day, but then to look at like, what is your fears? Where, where is that holding you back? Where are your beliefs getting in the way? And I want, I recently have been reading um, Existential Kink, which is a book by Carol, Carolyn Elliott. And there's a, there's a section in that called The Fear Inventory. And I just think it's so important that we understand what are our fears so that we can move them out of the way and not so that we give them loads and loads of focus so we can refocus on what we would love. But for me, that's really important. And as you know, in the work I practice, I work with the bridge of like, you know, this is all the stuff. This is all the murky thing. This is what I would love. So then what is that bridge? You know, what's that obvious step that you, that one step even that you can take towards doing what you would love and just going for that every single day and leaning into it every single day?
0: Just hearing that just makes me feel really excited and in empowered <laughs> to go and do what I want to do. Yes. It's so exciting, isn't it? I agree. <laughs> yes. But um but I think there's uh there's a there's a really good connection there um because we do sometimes forget, as singers, that um, moving our body before we sing is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, and I find that yoga is a really good practice to uh, to do on a regular basis. And if I don't do it on a regular basis, I really notice it. I hold tension everywhere, and it might be from stresses and strains and worries, but it might also just be bad posture. Um, and all of these things, they they do stop. Uh, the body and the muscles from being as flexible as they can mm. and those muscles that we need for singing. Yes. So we know we don't all just sing from our throat. We have a lot of other muscles in our body that are actually supporting um, our voice. And if they're not warmed up, um, and I think uh, uh, we forget that we think, oh, it'll be all right. Mm. You know, I'll make it, you know, uh, oh gosh, I've got, I've got a recording session and it's like, I don't know, it's 11 o'clock in the morning and I've just got up and I haven't got time to warm up, but it'll be fine. I'll do it, you know? And, it, it, it's not okay cuz it might happen it might be that you can get through that session once but if you're trying to maintain right. that mm-hmm. regularly then it just it just uh, exacerbates and that 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 pressure or that tension just remains and doesn't get released mm-hmm. and then it just builds and builds and and that's they're the kind of practices and routines we don't want to be getting into we want to be getting into the more freeing and and um Uh, liberating practices that allow us to speak and and as you say it's definitely important to connect that mind and body together so not just for yoga for the physical side but as you say for that time out Mm. those 20 minutes even if it's 20 minutes of just sitting there and just focusing on the breath or focusing on um on the movement Mm. and not everything else that's going on in the in the head and one
2: more technique sorry yeah, go for it. <laughs> One technique that I love, I think might be really helpful is TRE, which is tension release exercise. Um, yeah. Do you know it? Are you familiar with it? Some, yeah, <laughs> explain
0: it's more. It's
2: basically, um, you can see it in animals, like when animals get traumatised, they shake. And, right. and the theory is that actually we as humans are meant to shake, but it's a way that you kind of like, through the tremors, you release the trauma in your body. And I used it when I was making a piece called Ladylike and it was quite a traumatic, you know, we were were looking at the Me Too movement and we were kind of really releasing a lot of all of our stuff in that piece. And um, so we started to use it every, like after every session. And it's just transformed my life because it is essentially like this way of releasing the tension. And, you know, sometimes it might allow me to also release tears or like release anger or, and I think it's such an important part of uh, us as human beings, but also us as creative beings that we also have to do that work to release the tension and, and kind of it very much connects back to what you were saying about yoga, that for me, it's another way of, of releasing that, that kind of that excess stuff in the body, but in a, in a quite physical way. So I think it works really well for, for people who like to move because it's, you know, I mean, you don't have to necessarily kind of do the coaching, but you're getting out the, the stuff in another way. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Is that is that through shaking and yeah, um, that's right. So there's like five, no, so eight exercises that you do, and it's it's basically kind of triggering the psoas muscle to go into these tremors, but it is amazing. Um, like yeah. I I love the how much I feel the difference even in my yoga when I do that. It's like everything is released up in a different way. Yeah,
1: Fascinating. there was this really um, brilliant piece of well, it was a book as well, but a piece of research by. Uh, the Nagoski sisters, talking mm. burnout, cool. and they, they, um, one of the, they were talking about the stress cycle, you know, and how to break the cycle, and the, you know, one of the things they said was just what you said that, like the animal kingdom, you know, you see the the, the whoever you know the the zebra that's escaped you know and it doesn't sort of sit for weeks going Whoop, that was quite scary it just goes you know and kind of right you know. it's amazing isn't it
2: gets up and goes.
1: And, and we don't we don't really we don't consider that in our daily life and that, that you know there are techniques as well that um you know meditative practices where they think things like uh, autogenic training where they think that to find the rest and repair sometimes you have to you know, explore the fight or flight if there's, if there's mm. a bit of tension in the body. Move, make noise, uh, you know, just shake it off, essentially. Yeah. Whereas, and I suppose it's just different philosophies, but some, you know, things like mindfulness practices might spend more time just sitting with the this emotion or, you know, and observing it. But I, I, I love what you said about That point because it seems to be that it's a kind of forgotten part of being, you know, being human. That when things build up, we are allowed to, you know, have a shake and
2: yeah, shake it out. That's made me think of that song, that shake it out song.
0: (laughs) Yeah, shake it it. (laughs) out. Good old Taylor. It's, uh, it actually reminded me of uh, the work of uh, Dan Brouillet. Do you know his work? No. He's, um, he does a lot of uh, breathing techniques and he's uh, applying a similar, a similar theory to um, sighing. So there's mm. been, I think there's been a lot of research on this anyway, but he says that we all we don't allow ourselves to sigh as well as we don't allow <sighs> ourselves to yawn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a of both. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and just, just doing that, you just automatically feel 10 times better. Mm. Um, and apparently we do actually, yeah, everybody, <laughs> <sighs> what, just stop what you're doing. and oh, Take a sigh. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so it's a funny
1: um, thing in society, isn't it? Because if you did that in company, you know, if you were just sitting there and you went, <sighs> then someone would say, oh my goodness, what's wrong? <laughs> or what, why are you in a bad mood? Or what? Yeah. what you know, people get quite sort of surprised by noise. Yeah. Yeah. Don't or with
2: yawning, how rude, you know? And yeah. actually, yeah. It, 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 am I right that yawning helps you to wake up?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it has major benefits uh, actually neurologically. So oh, no. we actually should yawn, and we should really enjoy yawning. <laughs> um, from uh, from what I've I've been reading, and um, again, this this uh, this breath expert um, Dan Brule, who's the um, breath expert for the personal development coach um, Tony Robbins. Oh yeah, so I love uh, a bit of Tony Robbins. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's his breath coat. But, um, awesome. he, uh, but he's talking about this and uh, and that we should be yawning more often, more frequently. And also, um, yeah, the sighs. We actually do sigh quite a few times an hour, but we just don't notice. Wow. So, um, but we, we try to, as we were talking about, we try to hide it, you know, and we should actually allow it to be um, and really maybe even expand on it. So, yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's my new. Uh, that's my new goal for uh, for a daily <laughs> <laughs> daily routine is to just sigh with people and see what happens. Love it. <laughs> if you would like to dig deeper into any of the themes or techniques we have touched upon with Ella in this episode, please check the notes attached. There you'll find links to the various techniques, the books discussed, the artists Ella mentioned, and much much more. You can also join our Facebook group where you'll find further info. But first, there is much more to explore with Ella. So let's dive straight back into our chat and start with how movement can unlock creativity. Enjoy.
1: Just following on from that, because I, I, I know that one of the, the courses that you, you do, you know, is a movement meditation and mudra <laughs> class. And that, you know, part of that is just what we were talking about, you know, the stress cycle and releasing it. But you also talk about um, how it can unlock creativity. And I'm really fascinated by that. Is it, you know, what are your experiences of how, you know, particular movements or, uh, you know, mudras have unlocked these things for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love mudras, um, and actually, I met an amazing woman in in Leeds. She's in if you're ever in Leeds, anyone. There's a um, a kind of community centre in Meanwood, and she's there, and she's in her seventies or maybe a little bit older. And she's like, you know, you have cancer, you do this, you have this, you do this. It's it's just incredible, and she kind of really prompted me to start to research mudras. And yeah, I use mudras in my meditations every single morning, so I balance my chakras with mudras and so on. But what I really find is like my meditations and I think maybe this does depend on like what your skill is I always I'm choreographing but it's not like I'm working it's like it's just it's like happening inside my head and I will often you know like I'll be there and I'm like oh wow that was beautiful and then I'll try the thing and it's just like the most exciting thing to to allow that intuition to come through you like a you know it's like you're channeling rather than it kind of being in that thinking brain It's it's just about like getting out of the way and listening so um so with the, the meditation mudra mantra session, which actually I've renamed now as embodied alchemy, because I really feel like that's what it really is. It's this kind of it's bringing together the alchemy coaching that I do and then the the movement in in kind of one space. But um, but yeah, what I what I've realised is that actually that is how we get creative. It's giving ourselves, it's getting out of the way of ourselves, and you know, dance classes and that kind of overthinking mind that can often be busy judging and kind of doing the the comparing to the next person or the, all of that negative self-talk. And that's why I, I came up with that as a concept of, actually, we can do the work and we can because the, the goddess path, that's my, my coaching program. We work through each chakra. So, because there's so much in each chakra, like it's not for me just about, you know, the beautiful, the beautiful things of the, like, you know, the color red or this, but it's also about the kind of what, what happens when we're in balance. And so that's where I'm really fascinated in working is that, for example, in the root, it's about survival. It's about fear. And so can we help people to lean into those things and with the embodied alchemy, kind of course it was about well what tools can we use without in kind of bringing in that overthinking mind so that you might have an improvisation exercise that allows you to release and allows you to learn about yourself but that's also just you know kind of like letting you get out of the way of yourself because we are we're just it it fascinates me how like You know, we talk about glass ceilings and all these things, but very often the biggest glass ceiling is our own beliefs and our own stories. And that's what really is holding us back, you know, is when we
0: don't give ourselves permission. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating. I find it fascinating. You can, The more that you delve into it, the more you can start to relate to it and you start to. But it does Mm. give you a more, um, just gives you more confidence when you know more about yourself. And where it's coming from, mm. and that you can actually choose something different. And it is within your power to choose something different for you and your life rather than, mm. as you say, waiting on those external um, um, validations, actually. Um, and and nice. actually, yeah, ignoring those and just thinking, well, is this really true for me? You know, if it's true for me, okay, yeah. how do I go again about... Um, overcoming this or finding something that um yeah fulfills me and uh, gives me that empowerment rather than yeah um, yeah and i think like early on in our
2: career like very often, you you know, you might get feedback about, oh, you don't have enough experience. or, And that, that often makes people go, oh, well, that means I'm not good enough. But actually, you know, if you listen to the words, you don't have enough experience. So then how can you create the opportunities to have yes. an experience? Yeah. And maybe that's that you do it yourself yeah. or you make something or, you know what I mean, and you just listen to your intuition and then it's like actually from that yeah. you've, you've filled in a, like a, a skill that maybe was missing and then you go again for whatever audition yeah. it is. Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, your performances actually, just thinking about feedback, your performances have invited the audience into, to have a shared experience. Um, what have been your most memorable, uh, pieces of feedback from the audiences? Oh, pieces of feedback.
2: I think probably, um, I'm going to go with one for lady like, Ladylike, which was from. It was a man called Chris Meginson. He's wonderful from from Leeds, actually from Yorkshire. He used to work at Yorkshire Dance, and um, he said this should be compulsory watching for everyone, but especially men. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so brilliant. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, really, that really was just like wow. That's really powerful. Thanks, thanks, Chris. Big shout out to Chris. Um, but you know we did. It's, it's been a really amazing summer. We did um, a project this summer with Little Amal. Um, so there's this wonderful, many people will know this wonderful um, puppet who's walking from Syria all the way to England. Will end up in Manchester in November 2021, and we got to choreograph for the Manchester International Festival this kind of connection in for when they when Little Amal arrived in Turkey. And oh, that was just like. An incredible, incredibly moving experience. But having you know, audience members going, you know, I cried, and then I laughed, and then I experienced joy, and then and that was just really like it was a very emotional piece. And actually, I was sitting kind of three rows back from the woman who'd had written some of the music and had this wonderful story of her own journey from um, Afghanistan to the UK, and it was just that you know, it was just like this heart-wrenching, beautiful, joyous celebration and um, healing experience. And every single dancer as well that that I worked with, it was just like, you know, one of the dancers said, I think that's the best job I've ever done in my life. And that was just because I had bad experiences as a, you know, as a company member where, the choreographer really didn't care about the dancer. And so it was, that was, for me, probably the most important yeah. bit of feedback of, like, I'm also just, yes, to be able to be able to look after the dancers yeah. as well for them to have that great experience.
1: Yeah. I think that, that's very, uh, must be, you know, we're talking about not requiring or not seeking validation, but there's something, I think, in terms of at a time when creative work feels like it isn't valued by, at least by the powers that be, but at the same time, people really need it, you know, and the audience and Mm the performers, to have a situation where the people creating the work and making the art feel so, you know, feel such joy to be part of it. That must be such a special experience because I think sometimes, you know, Performance. Mm-hmm. you know, start to of think, well, why, why am I doing this sometime? What am I doing? <laughs> Does anybody care? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it's true. So it is really lovely, isn't it, to have that reaffirmation and that kind of like, this is why I'm doing it. Yes. Yeah. And it's so important. I think it is, it's a healing ritual. You know, performance is much more than just yeah. a performance. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we sometimes forget that. I think. Mm. I think. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a. It's a place for us to connect with people, but it's. It's. Um. It's also a place for us to express ourselves, as we talked about before, and. And that's so mm. important because we don't. We sometimes get caught up in yeah, the ebbs and flows of life, um, and forget what it is we really want to do. <laughs> we want to express it. It's like, Oh, I should mm. do this. I should do that. I've got to do that. I've got to do that for right. this reason. And rather than stepping back sometimes and going, well, actually, what am I doing it for? Am I, am I doing it from the love? Is this yeah. really what I want to do? Or am I doing it for, for other reasons or, or that perhaps don't, yeah, don't really suit who I am. Mm. But, um, yeah, What we'd also really like to know is, which I think is is quite um, an apt topic at the moment, your I Am All Women lockdown project. Mm. Do you have any ideas for future projects? And how do you feel that we can tackle this ongoing subject of women's safety? Do you have any views or perspectives on this? Yeah. And how can we use creative arts to tackle this ongoing issue, perhaps in
2: society? It's so upsetting, isn't it? You know, with the kind of, the things that have just come out in the news this week. Yeah. Um, it's just so, so important and so upsetting. And I actually think now it's kind of like, I feel like the what needs to happen is it needs to flip to the men in terms of like, well, why did that man think that was okay? You know, what happened for him to just forget about the humanity of, for example, Sabina or, for example, Sarah, Um, Everard of like where you know where is that loss of that human being that that forgetting that human and so I'm quite interested in that now as a concept of like what can we do to have those conversations with the men is that my place I'm not sure um but I think it's a it's a lot about our society as well that we, we live in this very patriarchal society where for me, it's about getting back to what I call the divine feminine. And I, I'm really interested in the heroine's journey of like this kind of like remembering who we are and remembering what we're really about and remembering what our services are to the world. So, yeah, so I guess can art do this, these things? Yes, I really believe it can. And I really believe it can challenge. And I believe it's a really important and safe I, I actually don't use the word safe. I tend to call them brave spaces because I think you can never really guarantee that anywhere is safe, but you can create a space that feels brave for people to kind of do that work and to do that reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think my my kind of skills lie in working with women and working with the queer community, actually. I think those are kind of the two areas that I'm more interested in creating healing and creating ritual. And... Um, but I do I really hope that we can continue the work and um, like my next piece I'm actually working on a duet with a man and it's been quite interesting because I've done a lot of work with women and um, Although my my kind of piece before lockdown, so the, the I'm a Woman project happened during lockdown. But just before that, I was originally actually going to be touring a piece called Foreign Bodies and Underwater Love Story. And yeah. and that was with a kind of a, a crew of the artists. So obviously, we, you know, lockdown was like, right, change tack. And what can we do in, <laughs> in these in these times? And so I'm a Woman just worked so well because, you know, we had, it was about like, be wherever you are. You know, do your, do you, and you know, tell this story in this kind of short space of time. So it really worked as a lockdown project, and it was interesting because I'd had the idea maybe three years before, but just didn't know quite how to work with 33 women and get them to do this thing. But then, in you know, in lockdown, we needed a project like that. Um, but what we have talked about is could we do a global one or could we do like one specifically in Brazil, for example? You know, where could we, how could we continue to grow that and how could we make that into a message, which is kind of speaking more to gender violence and, you know, this this unlearning that I believe needs to happen, you know, on a global scale and, yeah, across, across genders. Yeah. Be- mm. Wow.
1: Uh, it's, mm. I think it's, it's really exciting to see what happens, you know, with the expanding this idea, because I suppose the other thing as well is that in our maybe sometimes limited or kind of filtered views, you know, living where we live and, and doing what we do, that there are so many uh, dialogues and conversations that where, you know, new, new knowledge can be created. I remember the, the, mm. the philosopher Uh, Theodore Zeldin, used to say that the biggest adventure of our time is not who am I, it's who are you. You know, as often that's the kind of thought that will wake me up in the middle of the night saying, maybe there's something I don't understand about the world that someone, you know, in Brazil somewhere has the answer to and I don't get to speak to them, how will I ever know? And so projects like this where just those voices are, are part of the the exchange, is it, it, again, it shows the value of creative arts because mm. there are few channels for that to happen in our society.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would love to do that. I'd, I'd love, love to make to, that happen. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, um, Yes. Sorry, I was <laughs> lost in thought then. <laughs> Ella's just been given a, a hot chocolate, this time, Or oh, no, a tea? Coffee. A coffee. coffee. <laughs> My first coffee of the day. <laughs> oh, well, the, the speed of conversation might go <laughs> 10 times faster. <laughs> Sorry, Michael, were you going to ask something? I forgot I, what I was uh, going to say.
1: I was say. just thinking, I guess, to, to, to finish up, although, you know, please, we're happy to go wherever, wherever <laughs> you want to go with the conversation. But I was just thinking, you know, Having this multifaceted path, you know, I, I sort of do even want to use the word career because that feels slightly like a box, you know, but all these, these different things that, that you explore in your work, what, you know, what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about that? And, and then I guess what's next for, uh. for you?
2: Sure. So that's really interesting because I was told a lot. So like I I went into dance quite late Um, or well, I, you know, I didn't, I was doing Brazilian dance, but it was quite interesting to be kind of like, it was very like, perceived as the community thing rather than it being like high level or highly skilled and I I, I decided to go to a conservatoire to train in dance quite late um and they were like well you need to decide you can't because I have a background in breaking as well and and that was this wonderful I just feel like we have many alter egos you know and it was like yes I can be a samba dancer yes I can be a salsa dancer but there was a part of me that just loved putting on my baggiest clothes and like you know going and representing in that whole way and um and so people were always saying, you need, you need to choose and you can't do so many things. And, you know, I, I told you about my, my really early experience in Brazil with circus. So I also had, I was a circus artist as a hobby or I did silks. So I chose just at least one style. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <lovely>. <laughs> oh God, it's amazing. <laughs> so actually that's in my, the piece that I'm working on now is it's a dance piece, but essentially we dance on the silk. But I would say like, do you? And like, the, I really remember one producer, she said to me, you can't have it all Ella. And that just like resonated through my head for so long. Do you know what? You can, Yeah. you can do what is right for you. And like, you know, here I am living my best life. And I'm so glad that I didn't take that advice to heart because all of those different things that I learned make me an artist. And you know, I, I try and define myself as an artist now because there are elements of me like my downtime, I paint. I told you I love to sing and I have a weekly singing lesson. Like for me, all of those parts are part of who I am. And this is how I am more creative. And this is how I kind of channel those ideas. So my advice would be, do you, and you can do whatever, you you know, whatever you want to do, you can do it. And if someone tells you, you can't then find your own way to make that happen. You don't have to like, we don't have to allow external voices to stop us from doing what we would love. Um, yeah. And then what I'm working on is I'm making this piece called, well, I'm making two versions. So there's the rainbow butterfly and papillon. Um, one is for grown-ups and one is for children. And it's really exploring identity and imposter syndrome and oh yeah, as I mentioned earlier. And then after that, I'm going to work with a wonderful artist called Akin Toussaint from Leeds. And we are exploring the concept of salsa as a martial art. I'm so oh, exciting! Yeah, awesome. so exciting, <laughs> and it's kind of like you know playing with all our skills, so contemporary and so on. But um, wow. who knows? Maybe that will be that exploration of kind of the masculine and. And those questions that we were asking um but yes I'm really excited about that piece and then you know still like writing and and working on um so the Papillon piece we're taking it online so we have this wonderful platform where I've got an artist kind of illustrating it all and yeah just continuing to expand and and kind of channel into all these different possibilities and I'm loving painting at the moment as
0: well so yeah I absolutely love that I mean I love um, I mean, your projects, your new projects, sound awesome. I'm really uh, excited to see how they develop. <laughs> that, I mean, the martial arts. I mean, that is just <laughs> that's going to be great. Um, right, what a new new uh, concept. But um, but I just love the fact that you say, do you? Because I think, um, and I know that from being a, a singer and also being a singing artist, I love the sort of umbrella term of being an artist because it has, has so many different facets. There's so many things that can mm. incorporate. And, you know, I always felt that I wasn't a good painter. So I just didn't do it. It's like, oh, I sing, I perform, but I can't paint, you know, which is probably rubbish, really. I should probably just sit down and yeah. try it. If it's, if it's fun, then go for it. You know, um, it's also to do with the imagination. But I think that as singers, and um, I see it a lot through the singers that I coach, it's almost like I'm going to be a singer. So I have an identity as a singer. And that's all I am. Um, And not to say that that's you can't have a a fruitful career as as a singer and you, you don't have to do lots of other things. But it can be quite limiting because then all the focus becomes on that. And you then if you're open to other creative aspects, you're going to bring that into your work. However Mm. you you develop as a singer, whether it be um, an artist that writes their own songs, whether it be a, a function singer that performs and you're an entertainer, maybe it incorporates some dance, maybe it incorporates some, some show aspects into it, you know, it might be. Yeah, it's the costume, I think, oh, like that's yeah. art, isn't it? Yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. And I think we, a lot of singers forget that. It's So there's lots of focus on vocal techniques, extremely important. So it's on the voice, but it's mm-hmm. like that, as you said, it also encompasses who you are, you know, what you would like to say and how you would like to use your voice. And that's in so many different art forms, doesn't it? So Mm. I I just love that. And not to be afraid of being interested in other things because you think, oh God, I can't. That has to be a hobby. Well, it might be a hobby, but you can explore it and and divide your time up equally. You don't just have to do the singing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would love to add one
2: more thing which connects back to what I was saying earlier about the goddess voice is to remember that you're whole. Um, And I think that can be in any situation. Like I went out for a night out in Leeds actually past month or than a month before and there was this moment when everyone was like why aren't you drinking as much as us and, you know like just this that kind of like real like peer pressure and I was like hang on a minute I'm a whole human and I don't want to drink so I'm not going to drink and it was just you know like that oh yeah I'm practicing <laughs> the stuff that I do all the time in, in yeah. this other play and I think that's really important is just check or notice when you're kind of out of balance and you're you're
0: apologizing for being yeah. yourself yeah, yeah. remember yeah. your whole that's a really good really good message and I think it's a really good message to end on actually isn't it <laughs> I could actually carry on the conversation for another hour but <laughs> perhaps we should save it for another podcast is there anything um is there anything yes, else you wanted to add um Michael Lily said Charlie
1: <laughs> 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 that is a monster thing yeah <laughs> uh, no I, I just think it's it's so inspiring because I think a lot of singers you know we, we you know we look for the answers to things possibly in our own uh bubbles sometimes and you know this this whole conversation it reminds us if every, if everyone is an artist then everyone can have a conversation and, mm. and learn from each other mm. you know it, it makes me think apart from the sort of street dance classes I did about 20 years ago that I wasn't very good at. Now I'm thinking this is <laughs> something that going back to being a learner or something new I should explore because it's right. it expressing yourself you know, in, mm-hmm. in daily life. We are, you know, a certain percentage of our communication is voice. The other huge part of it is body language so the the more that we, <laughs> we explore that, the, the better. I sort of, I'm, I'm thinking now I've sort of left A big part of that to one side, and it's something I should maybe get back into, apart from the once once a year Kaylee dancing New Year in Scotland. (laughs) which I always
2: did enjoy. It. That's good. I love, I love Akeli. And that's making me think about this, you know, this goddess voice of the same in terms of do you like, how do you hold yourself whole in your body language? It's, yeah. So I think it is all apart. part. It's like one big puzzle, isn't it? And it's like putting all the pieces together yes. so that we are whole, but you're never broken, even if you haven't got all those pieces of the puzzle. So just a <laughs> reminder of that yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: So it's really inspiring me to remember that there are, and further for other listeners actually to remember that you know if there's something that you're genuinely interested in pursuing you can pursue it it's really okay for you to do that just because you've chosen to take one path mm-hmm. doesn't mean that has to be the only path that you choose even in that moment and as you say you don't have to you know people will say oh you can't do everything all at once and and yes there's got to be a certain amount of focus but if you've got that on your as we all say quite often, our bucket list these days—you know—sets of choices. Let's say, you know, it can still be a choice that mm. you can work towards in your daily life. You don't have to put it aside yeah. for another for another day or another decade. Or um, you can say, no, that's something that I want to incorporate either now or. I will start working towards that. Maybe I take a step towards that whilst I'm doing this other mm. creation at the moment so that it's still, yeah, the seed's been planted and it's still growing, even if it's, it's growing slightly slower than the other thing that you're focusing on. And, uh, and I think, yeah, yeah, then you, as you say, you feel more whole then don't you? Because you're actually, you you're, yeah. you're um, allowing all of those other parts of you to, to, um, to live. <laughs> Um, so mm-hmm. fascinating! Wow, Ella, it's been so great to talk to you. Um, really, really enjoyed it. It's oh, such a joy. Yes, really a joy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we'd yeah we'd love to have you on again in the future, um, and to hear yeah, about all that. your your new projects and what you've been doing and what you've learned from those. And I've also learned I'm going to be
2: looking up. Is it the Nagoski the Nagoski sisters? Yes on burnout I'm, I'm excited to and endambule yeah all sorts of things I've learned today oh. as well so thank you for the learning and the
0: joyful conversation <laughs> yes thank you too oh. Oh, thank you. thanks to all of you out there for listening to our podcast today all information relating to our podcast and guests can be found on our Facebook page The Connected Singer you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter If you have enjoyed this episode's podcast, we would really appreciate your support by subscribing and helping us to continue in creating a connected community of listeners and specialists connected to the field of singing and beyond. Take care of yourselves and each other and see you next time.